0: Hello and welcome to the arena regulars podcast. I'm Zach and I'm Jeff and we are regulars on MTG arena and this is episode 12. Wow. Wow. This is like (laughs) we've been doing this for like three months. This is great. That's crazy.
1: I know it doesn't even feel like it's been that long. (laughs) Well it feels like it's been that long since we recorded.
0: Yeah. 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 We, We haven't. This is the first episode since like December something. I don't know. It was a while ago, so it's we great made to be a lot right. of jokes about what the date was when we did it. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah, our our last episode <laughs> had a lot of time travel jokes. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is actually pretty funny because some of the things we were saying actually ended up happening by the time that we said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all over the place. Now they um, think we're liars. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, just me mainly, but whatever.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> I was way off. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff, we still have strict Strixhaven, so you don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. Um, but anyway, we have a great show for you today. Um, basically, our topics, we're talking about the new season, and then we have happy hour. This is our happy hour episode for Zendikar Rising, since it's leaving us soon, and we're starting spoilers for call time. Today, actually, as this episode comes out. Um, So yeah, we just want to kind of talk about the set that just happened before we get
1: into the next one, and just remember all the good times. That's why it's a happy hour. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I mean... (laughs) If you want to see content about people shitting on Wizards, you could find that all over the place. Yeah, but. we don't
0: shit on Wizards too much <laughs> because the Wizards don't like it very much because then they have to clean their robes somehow. <laughs> exactly. What a horrible be, joke.
1: That was so bad. <laughs> I was just going to blow right past it. But <laughs> I was, I just I'm to glad you took it. ownership just for that. Just show like, hey, this is awful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we want to make it clear, though, that we it's not that we just love everything Wizards does. No. Right? That's not the point of the happy hour. Uh, we are going to say our honest opinion and not just give them props for everything, but the thing is they get a lot of flack for what they do wrong, but they also do a lot of really great things too, and nobody seems to comment on that. So. Yeah, so we're just going to kind of
0: focus on some of the good stuff because, you know, it just makes life a little bit better, especially now that we're out of 2020 and into 2021. Let's just... You know, focus on the good, right? That seems right. good. Uh, but to start with that, um, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, and then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? I brought a beer
1: called Big Chill. Ooh. It's from Wellington Brewery. It's What interested me about it is it's an IPA with gin botanicals. Ooh, okay. Yeah, sounded interesting. And... Uh, it's 6.9%. We don't have to make any jokes about that. And <laughs> the can art is like a trippy kind of Himalayan mountains kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What did you bring? Uh,
0: for Happy Hour, I thought it would only be fitting to bring Bitter Waitress from Shiloh Beer Company. Nice. Um, it's a black IPA, and it's 6.5%, and uh, the can has a bitter-looking waitress on it who's just kind of like, really? Really? You <laughs> yeah. need that much? Um, and it tastes bitter. It's great. <laughs> it has that good bitter taste. So it feels like yeah. happy hour. It delivers what it promises. It sure does. Um, but yeah, with magic news, happy new year. Happy new year, Jeff. That's kind of like worldwide, you know, universal news. Sure. But also it happens in magic too. So <laughs> yeah. Happy new year. man. Yeah. Also this episode is our first like remotely recorded episode.
1: Right. We are on our computers right now. I wasn't sure if we were going to divulge that information, but I yeah, think there's a, there's a lockdown in Toronto, so we're yeah. doing this. Yeah, uh...
0: so we are, uh, we are abiding by that, and we figured out how to do it remotely, so that's pretty exciting for us. Hopefully, <laughs> although I guess if
1: we didn't, you're not hearing this anyways, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, if we did it badly, this wouldn't even be
1: an episode <laughs> that you could listen to. Yeah. Um,
0: also, just more random, but um, PVDDR started a YouTube channel about competitive magic play, and um, you should go check it out. He had his first episode come out recently, and it uh, it was nice. If you're interested in some competitive magic stuff from probably one of the best
1: players ever. so Yeah, I'm definitely excited to uh, check some of that stuff out. I haven't watched the video yet, but uh, it's on my short list.
0: With some good tips and tricks, and it was pretty, um, pretty short as well, so it was nice, easy to... Uh, uh, digest so that is
1: going to be in the show notes uh check that out uh, his his articles are always fantastic i've read a, a few of his strategy articles and they're really mm-hmm. great so yeah. it, wouldn't surprise me if his youtube content is you know excellent as well exactly
0: yeah but anyway um it's a new season and with a new season that means an, a season
1: just ended so jeff what how was your last season how'd it go uh yeah, so it was fine the December twenty twenty season. Mm-hmm. Uh so I, I finished Diamond or I finished Platinum and Constructed. I was looking at mm-hmm. your your rank. <laughs> I finished Platinum and Constructed and Gold in Limited, I think. I, I just checked this based on where I am now in the new oh, season. Oh gotcha. And so based on going down two tiers, mm-hmm. pretty sure I was platinum and gold. uh more a reflection of how much I played. I didn't really play that much, uh, you know, because a lot going on with the holidays. Yeah, exactly, all that kind
0: of stuff. Plus, you had a How bunch you, of tournaments you were doing, so. Um, yeah, how'd no, you finish? Um, I was Diamond in Constructed and Platinum in Limited. Uh, it's very normal for me. Um, okay. It's just like just another season, just putting it in the bag.
1: So. Yeah, and we also have a, a podcast account. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I did the same thing where I just logged into it to check. Yeah. It seems that the podcast afo- account finished Diamond in Constructed and Gold and Limited. Oh, okay. Um, so kind of so,
0: a little bit of both from us.
1: A little <laughs> better than me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually think that we played zero limited games because we're, we're down to Bronze 4 after the, oh, the new season. I
0: think that's true because I didn't play yeah. any limited games on that account. No, so. I, I
1: didn't either. So. Well...
0: we get to work back up which is actually pretty fun in my opinion
1: yeah because i didn't want to use resources on uh zendikar rising draft Mm -hmm. when call time's around the corner rather just kind of do the quests and get some gold and and save up for that yeah
0: exactly um especially when like that account's free to play so our resources are really um we have to decide specifically what we want to do with them so um, but yeah. yeah, so you had, we both had some, some, uh, goals for the season. Uh, did you,
1: how'd you do with yours? So my goal was to, uh, basically I wanted to do as well as I could into sort of competitive, uh, historic events. Mm-hmm. So there was the arena open and then the weekend after there was the mythic qualifier weekend, which I managed to qualify for. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, I didn't really do very well in, in either event, so we talked a little bit about the Arena Open uh, in the New Year episode, so I won't uh, I won't complain more about how poorly I did in that event, but uh, for the Mythic Qualifier weekend, which happened uh, the weekend after we recorded that, I, I wasn't sure what to play. Uh, it was a historic event. I was going to play Jun Sacrifice because I felt like everyone was moving away from Yasharns in four color and towards Sultai, mm. which means that Gen Sacrifice could be well positioned. Yeah. The problem with it was that uh, there's a new combo deck that came out, this, uh, Really, this, yeah. you know, uh, Emery, Kinnon, yeah, Paradox Engine Paradox combo Engine. deck. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I don't think the Gen Sacrifice deck could beat it. Mm-mm. So even though it was, everyone's moving away from Yasharn. The sac deck is just too slow to beat this combo deck.
0: Yep.
1: So in the end, I ended up playing Sultai. I wanted to see if I could find anything else to play. Uh, And it was the day of, I I was deciding between Rakdos Arcanist and Sultai. And I decided I would play one game of Rakdos Arcanist. If I win, that's what I'm playing in the event. And if I lose, that's what I'm playing Sultai. And I lost a really close match to the Paradox Engine combo deck. So (laughs) Sultai it was. Yeah. Uh, I had a good start 4-0. Uh, and then I lost my next three matches. Uh, yeah. So it's similar to the Arena Open with the two-day structure. You play seven. You first to seven wins or three losses gets you in whichever comes first. And seven wins gets you into day two, uh, and so on. So uh, I went four and three. Yeah. And is is that all? Best of one or is that best of three? It's all best of three. Best of three. Yeah. Nice. So I would say in the end, I did not accomplish my goal of you know, putting my best foot forward in these events. I'm mm-hmm. ki- I was kind of burnt out on Historic by the time the Mythic Qualifier Weekend came along. Yeah. I'm just sick of, of playing against Uro and Nyssa, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the funny thing is I won all my Soul Time Mirror matches, and then I ended up getting knocked out by Rakdos Arcanist, the deck <laughs> I al- almost played. So.
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's and so one bad. of
1: my other losses was to Gen So <laughs> it's just Sounds like, like, like... The, the decks I was considering... Uh, are the decks that were my demise. That's <laughs> that's awful, but hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was yeah. fine. It was like if if I have to go, I want to lose to Rakdos Arcanus. Yeah
0: it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a well, it's a pretty bad way to go, but um yeah. As far as like <laughs> the game, it hurts, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It, it, honestly if I went four three, you know, with an O two start or something, that'd be great. Yeah. But because I started four O is really disappointing to go four three.
0: Mm. Yeah. anyway rough how about you what was your goal oh well you know my goal was to make it to mythic and i didn't (laughs) but i
1: also didn't try very hard i feel like i don't really want to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's kind of acknowledged when you were making that goal that you wouldn't be playing that much in the. yeah i was thinking oh maybe i'll try but like i'm not really trying that hard so maybe
0: maybe either i should make a new goal or actually try (laughs) Because right now, it's just like, oh, I'll play. And if I get there, that's great. And that's, <laughs> that's not really how goals work, I guess. So
1: I don't know. So that leads us right into the... Next this season. Yeah, what are our goals for the January season? <laughs> I,
0: mm, I really don't know. I don't have a good hold of what I actually want to do. But I think I have a pretty good hold on what I don't want to do. And that's blow all my resources right before call time. I think right. I want to focus on... Keeping as much gold and gems as possible up until Callheim and using it there instead of late at night drafting for no reason. I think that's you no. Know, this
1: might be the most difficult goal you've ever set. Could maybe. easily be the <laughs>
0: hardest one. This is actually much harder than than getting mythic is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. not drafting and not wasting your gold or your gems on just <laughs> crappy stuff you don't need. So yeah.
1: I, I, it's a challenge, but I'm. I think I can do it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see in a month's time if you lived up to that uh, goal.
0: So what about you? Anything uh, harder than that? If you can Uh, get
1: harder than that? Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty hardcore. (laughs) No wasting gold? I don't know about that. No wasting gold. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. Uh, Yeah, I don't really have any expectations this time. It would be really nice to qualify for the qualifier weekend again. Mm -hmm. So it's too late to qualify for January would have had to do that last month, but I can qualify for the February Qualifier Weekend. Yep. That'd be great, but uh, the reality is that there's an upcoming Star City Games event this weekend to qualify for that. And that's basically my only chance, because the other way to qualify is to finish top 1,200. And I'm not going to play enough of a single format to do that, because... I'll play standard for a bit or historic and then call draft's going to come out at the end when the end is really when you're supposed to be pushing for the top 1200. Yeah. And I'm just going to want to draft a couple times. So. I mean, like, you could
0: <laughs> draft your way into the... <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. So I, I, But that would require most of the season is, is Zendikar Rising. That's so that would true. require me to draft Zendikar Rising the whole time.
0: Or just go bananas at the end. Yeah, or just play a lot of call time. A lot of call time. I mean, if you
1: end <laughs> up cracking it early and just, like... <laughs>
0: yeah. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's possible.
1: So I guess I, I can set that as a goal. But uh, I'm going to keep in mind that I basically only have this weekend to, to spike that goal. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Um, and then we also made one for our podcast account, which is uh, fairly similar. Uh, it's just kind of like save your resources and do the quests. I actually
1: did some today. so. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Um, that's uh, got that down for, for today. <laughs> yeah. I logged in like once a week or two ago, and I saw that the quests were all about playing blue and black spells. So I just knocked them all out with a couple of Dimir <laughs> Rogues matches.
0: <laughs> well, people didn't just like immediately concede when you countered a spell.
1: Not this time. I got to play two full matches and uh, <laughs> got, wow. got those quests.
0: Nice. But um, yeah.
1: yeah, that's kind of how we have what we were thinking about for the, the new season. But let's just get in the happy hour. I'm, I'm ready. We, we didn't have a particularly uh, exciting season. So we did not. Not much more to say. Um,
0: <laughs> but we had a particularly exciting set, I would have to say. This last I one think so, yeah. was great. Just coming into it, I haven't actually been able to play a Zendikar set uh, in Standard and actually play through it. I know you got to play Battle for Zendikar, which was... Um, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Terrible. Uh, that's what a lot of people kind of had to say about that. Um Yeah. So uh, this was great. I mean, it was fun. I know this is one of a lot of people's favorite sets as far as um, Zendikar. Sorry, planes. It's people's favorite, like, multiverse plane uh, is Zendikar.
1: And I think they focused on, just to even give a broad strokes thing, they had the right idea with this set. What people like about Zendikar is, like, the adventure, Mm -hmm. you know, like, awesome landscape thing. It's not the stupid aliens. I mean, maybe some people like the Eldrazi, but... In the past, they've always been focusing on the Eldrazi part of the set. Yeah, and
0: and a lot of it is, like, what it looks like before, and then they come, and then it destroys everything. Because it's, like, the idea of, like, pure nature, like, the best nature you could have, because Nis is from there and all that stuff. And then Mm -hmm. these aliens come in and stick their tentacles into it and ruin it.
1: Yeah, it was just too much Eldrazi last time. Yeah, they just annihilate my fun, is what they do. (laughs) That's right. Um,
0: So this one was great. I was super happy with it.
1: Yeah, I guess if you play Arena, the only Eldrazi you're really familiar with is Ulamog. But yeah, That should true. be enough to let you know that, that they suck.
0: That they suck. Yeah, that's <laughs> not works. even an
1: Annihilator one that just gets rid of your yeah. library. So, yeah, that's not even the best one, guys. So. It's not. So
0: if you think that one's terrible, there's much worse than that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had four main mechanics for the set um Mm -hmm. it was landfall kicker party and the modal double face cards but let's start off with the ones that we've seen previously before so landfall is um specifically from zendikar and that's where we've seen it previously um how do you feel about these these new ones
1: Uh, i loved it i thought this was the best like they've done landfall three times now this is the third time this this was the best iteration of it yeah. yeah I think so, too. The past couple of times, it was basically just an aggro thing. Mm -hmm. The only landfall cards that anyone played were the ones that you... uh, They're like one or two drops that get bonuses when you play a land. Kind of like Brushfire Elemental. Exactly. And everything else was not really worth it. And the thing about the previous... So landfall, as a mechanic, incentivizes you to play lands, which is something you want to do anyways. Mm -hmm. And so basically what would happen in the past is it didn't really offer any... Interesting decisions. You always want to just play your lands because you want to do that just for many reasons now. Yeah. Um, but I think with the modal double-faced cards, which we'll talk about in a bit, mm-hmm. now you have to decide: Do I want to play this as a land to trigger my landfall cards, or do I want to play it as a spell because you know I have a lot of yeah. lands? Exactly. So when you add in this interesting decision, it makes the mechanic more interesting.
0: Yeah. We also had a bunch of different things that lands would do or sorry, um, the landfall cards would do besides just uh, giving it plus one, plus one, or plus two, plus two, or whatever, um, right. which was pretty nice. I did like that because we had Scoot Swarm, uh, Morag, we had um, Felidar Retreat. There's like many different kinds of things, Skyclave, um, Shade, all those um, c- kind of, yeah, uh, well, Omnath. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> kind of brushing past Omnath for the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, but we'll like, talk about them later. There are a lot of different things. Valakit, uh, what, what's that card? The red one. The exploration. Examen. Exploration. Valakit Exploration. Um, it just seemed like there were, the design space was broken up uh, quite nicely, and there were a bunch more things to, to kind of do with your landfall, which was pretty fun. Um, even yeah. McKinney Ox that just, like, taps stuff down, like, it made Limited pretty interesting, in my opinion. I mean, I liked that card as a, a later pick, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to always put one of those, well, zero to one, but usually I'd put one in my white decks. And yeah. It's just, uh, it
0: was nice. I mean, like, looking back at a lot of the landfall cards from, that uh, were at least nine and previous sets, it seems like most of them were just, you know, same thing. Zoo, aggro type of stuff, um, where yeah. you're just, like, playing little things and getting in there, um, which they definitely, we had some good ones uh, in this set as well. I mean, obviously, Brushfire Elemental is the big one that um, was in, you saw it all over the place. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little pushed, I think, but it was great, and I loved it, so.
1: Yeah, and then I really like it on this set as well.
0: Right. Oh Once, yes. Uh, yeah, really, we had a really cool landfall. Yeah. So I we guess. our planeswalkers got these abilities too, which was really fun.
1: Yeah, I think that was a, a huge success. I mean, neither of them see any play. Uh, I'm still holding hope for Nissa when the black green uh, pathway comes yeah. out. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. it's just nice to have like a planeswalker with kicker or a planeswalker with landfall. Which exactly.
0: Is cool. Yeah, so Nissa had Landfall, which was great. It also threw me off every once in a while because then I'd always want to play her on turn four and be like, wait, but if I play her on turn five, I can actually do stuff with it. That's um, right. Or if, you, you know, you want to play her with uh, a fetch land or something so that you can uh, cheat something into play immediately without losing her. You know, all those kinds right. of things. Were, they became, you know, very interesting kind of designs that they had been working on. And So one thing to note is that these
1: cards are really, really good with Fabled Passage, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure... The past two times that they did landfall, fetch lands were in standard. So yeah. in Zendikar the first time, they actually that's when they printed the fetch land, the second oh, set of fetch All lands. the enemy ones. Enemy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Zendikar Rising, uh, I'm pretty sure that Cons, cons, cons of Tarkir around. was still around. Yeah. So you never really got to experience landfall cards without fetch lands. This is what it's like with just one good fetch land and one bad fetch land. Yeah with That's a
0: good point. I I didn't
1: think about that, but that could... Imagine Brushfire Elemental when every land in your deck is a fetch. Oh, God. This oh. thing's just a 5-5 five five that's hard to block <laughs> with haste. Like. Yeah,
0: man. I guess, yeah, that could be really frustrating. Um, and so that does make sense why some of the other ones didn't feel as great or interesting, and now they knew, oh, well, standard is, like, fetch land free, essentially. So, yeah, I think that's, that's great. I... That could be a big reason why I think they worked out so well. Because I, I think if we had at least one cycle of uh, fetch lands, I'd feel a bit different. Right. <laughs> if
1: every landfall is really double landfall because you have so many every fetch time, lands. That then that would be quite irritated.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, we also had Kicker, um, mm-hmm. which has been around a lot. You know, we've seen Kicker throughout the years. It's fairly old. I'm not very huge on Kicker cards, um, I, I like the mechanic. I think it's good. I mean, it works really well with different things. I think it's, it's just kind of boring. Um, mm-hmm. and a little wordy sometimes.
1: Yeah. That's the the feeling I have about kicker. Um, people often say they like it because it offers strategic decisions, but I'm not sure I agree with that because it's almost always obvious which Which mode you use yeah it's it's usually clear that you want to wait to kick this or it's not worth it and you only play it for its non-kicked version if you have to yeah but i don't know it's fine it helps games of magic play out a little more smoothly especially unlimited especially early early game late game cards yeah and
0: i think i liked it more this time around than i have in the past uh well, I mean, yeah, I, they made
1: they made the kicker costs really, really, like, big this time.
0: Yeah, I thought they were really big, and a lot of them uh, you needed a second of the color, which threw me off a lot of the times where I'm like, oh, well, this is a black card, but I need double yeah. black to kick it, and I wouldn't think about that because they wouldn't be next to each other. So that yeah. would throw me off every once in a while, which I thought was good. I really, I think that, you know, it, it really feels more of just not extra mana, like you just needed to get there faster or ramp or anything. It just feels like... Yeah, this is actually like a completely different card, basically, when you cast it for its kick. So
1: yeah, I felt like they did a pretty good job of making, with for a lot of the kicker cards that were intended for limited, they did a good job of making them, both kind of bad, you know, because that's where a kicker card has to be. Mm-hmm. The example is that wizard, the three two. It's like a three two for three, mm-hmm. which is below curve, or a three two that bounces something for six, which is also overcosted. Yeah. So it's, neither option is a good card on its own, but the flexibility makes it a totally playable
0: card. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Just being like, well, I'm... I, <laughs> sorry, I'm going on tangents, but like even with like... <laughs> hey, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, just in my... I feel like I got blown out so many times by Roost of Drakes and Limited that I was uh, like... Oh, well, that was the best non-rare in the set. <laughs> oh, I know, and it was so frustrating because every time I would try to build that deck, it would just be just garbage it was just the worst i'd like you know early pick a roost of drakes and then none of the kicker cards come after that i'm like what have i done i ruined everything <laughs> but i don't think
1: i ever like maybe once or twice did i get the roost of drakes deck yeah i
0: i think i just feel like i played against it so many times and when people would loop they'd loop the uh those um thalids that would just like bring each other back the green uh, ones yeah. And they just, like, get so many stinking drakes and all this stuff. It was just so frustrating. And I, I just, oh, it was mainly frustrating because I wanted to do it so badly. Yeah. Um, Marasa Sproutling is the one that would just, like, yeah, yeah. pick itself My crowning up.
1: achievement of the, of the format was I beat a triple Roost of Drakes. Oh, God. <laughs> How? How did you do that? I don't know, but I, I managed to keep them just off, like, tempo enough. That I was able to squeeze in for exactly lethal. Wow. And I was like, I just beat triple roost of drakes. That's, that's amazing. Nuts. <laughs> Ugh. I'm sure it involved the the Merfolk rogue that is unblockable, but its activation oh, costs one less. That has definitely good. killed I, me many I times. I loved that. Loved that guy. Yeah, that
0: that's that's always the card. Did, well, I want to get into this later when we're talking about limited. So let's yeah, kind of yeah. go back to kicker stuff. Well, well, we'll let's we, cut our tangent here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Agree we, to Pick it up later.
0: Yeah, um, but we did have our first uh, Kicker Planeswalker, which we had just talked about a little bit with uh, Jace, which um, yeah. I thought was, I mean, good and limited. I It's, it's just value, basically. It's not amazing. You just kind of get yeah. to scry and draw, and that's what it does.
1: I think it's a totally fine constructed card, too. The problem is that um, in the previous set, they printed uh, Maze Mind Tome, which fills the exact same role of just drawing extra cards, yeah, uh, and it's just a little bit better, I think. It's just a little bit cheaper, basically. Yeah, uh, like in the long run, it's not cheaper, but uh, you know, it lets you draw three, four cards, and it comes down on turn two. Yeah. So it ends up filling the role that Jace is supposed to fill in these Yorion decks.
0: Exactly, um, and also when you flicker Jace, you don't get the second one. I guess no. you should just have it out. Of, it doesn't matter, but but the um, we reset its loyalty, but it will. But you can't get a, like a third copy, which is really what you would want to be able to play it again. Um, but I do think Maze of Mind Tome just gaining for life uh, really has enough. That's the thing. It's it is. It doesn't seem like it's a thing, but it happens to just screw up your calculations by a turn, like every time.
1: Yeah, and the other knock against Jace is Skyclave Apparition. Oh right, just like and eats it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Man, that is a card. That is a card yeah. that we got from this set. Holy I think moly. that's the best card in the set. It probably is. I mean, besides Omneth. Well, well uh, yes. <laughs> the best
1: legal card in the
0: yeah, set. Yeah, but it really <laughs> is. And, you know, I know people... I don't want to get into a whole color pie situation, but I really <laughs> like white and I'm really glad they got Skyclave Apparition. I'm not really playing it in anything and it. I really got frustrated when I was playing Gruel against it. But it's it's really good. I, I thought it was very well done, and giving them, like, a garbage, whatever, like... Token. Usually a 2-2. Yeah,
1: I, I underestimated in the preview. I underestimated, you know, how little it matters to give them back the token. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's just a really bad O-ring effect, essentially. That's what I thought, too. I thought, you're like, you oh, you pay 3 mana to downgrade their creature. It seems kind of... seems good, but not great. And it ended up being... Uh. V- just so much better. But it's enough of a downgrade. Because cards are so good these days that replacing it with like a 3-3 token is really good. Yeah. I guess we should have learned that from Oko. Turning stuff into elves <laughs> yeah. was actually a good, good exactly, thing to do. Exactly, right?
0: It. <laughs> and it's nice that like white gets it. Good job. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, turns your lovestruck bust,
1: busts beasts into three threes. So I actually built a Mardu standard deck. A few days ago, mm-hmm. and the starting premise was I want to play a deck that plays the two best cards in standard, which I think are Bone Crusher Giant number one and Skyclave Apparition number two. So, how do we get oh. a deck that plays both of those cards that isn't some bad red white aggro deck? So I ended up at this Mardu mid range deck that just features all my favorite cards. So I call it Mardu Trade Binder, uh, <laughs> but I've, I've actually been winning with it. So I mean, if you have four copies of both of those cards, I think you have a good shot of sure like do. Sure do. Head. That's great. <laughs> it's actually more of like a black white deck splashing red for Bone Crusher because uh, black white's mana is better than red black, and I wanted I wanted black cards. You gotta send me that list. Yeah, I can send it to you. Uh, do it. Right now. I don't know if it's good yet, but I've been crushing Gold tier with it. I just skyrocketed up to platinum. Nice. Great. (laughs) Um, But we also had a party mechanic, which I thought was going to be garbage. I hated it when I read it. Well, I didn't hate it because I always like things that are really flavorful. But I thought they were like jumping through too many hoops to make this awkward flavorful mechanic is how it read to me. But after playing with it, man, I actually, I love it. I think it's super
0: fun. Um, Yeah. Like, especially in limited where you're starting to pick cards based on if the, you know, it's not an optimal card in the colors it's in, but because it has that creature type or something, it becomes like, okay, well, I actually do want some of these. And originally when I was looking at it, I was thinking if you don't have a full party, then you shouldn't be playing party. Like, what? You have a full party. But even having two or three really makes it, right?
1: For sure yeah for me that's what i think about it it's tribal done right yeah because now when i'm playing my blue black rogues limited deck there are a lot of rogues that want you to have party members so i'm actually looking to pick up a cleric that's good Or looking to pick up a warrior i'm not just taking every rogue i see and cramming it in my deck exactly that was the that was the problem with ixalan once you decided you were blue green From there on, you just hope people give you merfolk and you take every merfolk you see. And if you
0: don't get merfolk, then you're screwed. And that's basically it. And then, like, which bomb did you open is essentially what it felt like. Um, This felt much different where it's like you don't even know. Like, they could even play just a pack beast and then that's the card that gives them whatever extra uh, damage that they
1: needed from the card they're going to play or whatever. That card was the, the hero of the set for me. He always brought my decks together to yeah right it's just a like a couple of pack these you
0: know it's some extra glue you just squish them together and it ends up, <laughs> yeah exactly it ends up working you're out. Like, well wizard. i have like
1: six rogues and two clerics and a warrior i need more of everything <laughs> yeah and you're like well this <laughs> will just a pack
0: whatever i need mm-hmm. <laughs> these will be the wizards i don't have or whatever yeah
1: and we'll get a little more into it when we talk about limited and constructed specifically after the break but i just want to say this mechanic yeah again awesome
0: yeah uh, I'm excited to be able to make it constructed playable, because I've used, you've said many times before that it really isn't. Um, yeah. We just don't have the mana base right now, so um, when we kind of get that in this next set, and hopefully we get some good stuff, although I do think I saw a Berserker in some Kaldheim <laughs> leak. Um, yeah, we,
1: we don't talk about leaks.
0: Sorry, spoiler. Official business. It, it might have been like. on a spoiler. I don't remember which yeah. one it was, but uh, I as soon as I saw a Berserker, I was like, are they gonna do what we thought they were gonna do and not just print warriors? <laughs> oh, this card cannot yeah. be in your party. That's what it has an extra text that just says. Yeah, This, yeah. this card's not invited to the party. Um, <laughs> they're the worst. Um, I
1: think there were some clerics though in the official spoilers as well. So yeah, I think so too. Instead of having warriors, which we totally thought they would do, they have maybe berserkers and clerics. <laughs> and berserker you know. clerics.
0: Are there like angel clerics? I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, angel cleric was. Angel the one cleric. I saw. Yeah. Um, it'll be cool. I'm well. I'm excited for spoilers to come out today. The way, <laughs> the way we're talking yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> um, which we will obviously have more episodes about. But um, modal double-faced cards. Mm-hmm. What a mouthful. But what a great concept.
1: Yeah, I think these were. These are one of those ideas that the idea obviously has promise. Mm-hmm. It's about if they execute on it poorly, we'll never see these again. Yeah, and if they execute on it well, it becomes a mainstay of Magic.
0: I and I really feel like it's going to be close. We could see this a lot. I mean, we know we're going to see it, and we've talked about that recently that it's going to be, continue to happen. But I, I think these are these are going to be around. This is going to be. This might be one of the new like. Oh, remember when Magic didn't have planeswalkers? You know, right. Remember when spells only, you know, weren't lands or whatever?
1: That's what I was going to say. I wouldn't be surprised if this was just in a couple years, a thing that makes its way into a few sets and then every once in a while a set just has a ton of them. Yeah.
0: Um, Just to keep, uh, maybe standard will just always have some sort of double-faced card, modal double-faced card in it. So, and I, once again, I'm saying we should just call them pathways always. So, um, even if they're not lands, just any double-faced card like that would land as a pathway.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I love the execution on these. Everything about them is great except the name. Did we have to call them modal double-faced cards? It's just it's, so it's horrible. It's horrible. It's really horrible. Especially when you already have double-faced cards. As yeah, thing.
0: so these are modal. Why didn't why yeah. they just call mo- no, modal? No, because <laughs> modal cards are just spells that have multiple things you can do with them. So, yeah, I mean, I get that it's hard. I get that it's hard to name it, but uh, call them pathways. That's. What-
1: like, yeah, I mean, as far as complaints go, that's pretty I mean, that's a pretty uh, bad complaint. Like,
0: hey, you named this thing stupid.
1: Yeah, I don't like the name you chose. No, these are great. They, uh, they help you play games of magic because they let you, like the Mardu deck I was talking about earlier has 30 lands yeah. in it. But five of them are these. So I don't flood and I don't screw anywhere near as often as you would. Do. Exactly.
0: Like, you just have to decide, oh, I guess I can't play this spell later. I guess I'll just...
1: Yeah, and it, it, that's the thing. It's an interesting decision tree too, right? Do I want to play this early because it comes into play tapped or I'm going to have to take three later? Yeah. But I get access to potentially a spell if I draw a few more lands. Like It's unclear whether you want to play them right away. Yeah, or... I mean,
0: my my big one was like having a, Kiz- a Kazandu Mammoth in your opening hand and you only have one green source. Okay. And you're like, okay, do I play Kazandu Mammoth on turn one because it's going to be tapped and then I can play a two-drop? Or... Do I play my forest and hope that I draw another green source that I can play this Kazandu Mammoth? And it always felt like a toss-up to me. Um,
1: it depends on whether or not your hand contains Fabled Passage and the Great Exactly. Henge. So, <laughs> like, those... I always play it unless I have the Great Henge and I'm seeking the mm-hmm. dream, you know?
0: Kazandu yeah. Mammoth, fetch, Great Henge. Turn four, Quest Great Henge, beast. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god i've done that a couple of times and i've said it before on this podcast but i'll say it again feels amazing it's
1: yeah i don't know if i've ever done it but i've lost
0: to it it's, and oh. when i lose to it i'm like good job you did it
1: nice, nice. yeah that's the dream <laughs> that's where you need like a clap sticker yeah
0: claps um yeah i was thinking about this actually i really want like a few sticker like whoo that oh, was a close one you know yeah.
1: Yeah, wet wiping off the brow.
0: Yeah, something like that. Uh, we should get some of those. Um, please, time. I need, like, a cleric
1: wiping their brow or a berserker doing it or whatever. I actually just bought the uh, mastery pass. Oh, yeah? I decided it, w- it was worth it. I'm about level 97 or something okay. like that. Uh, so now I'm just like throwing stickers at
0: everyone. It's the the best. I was playing the, (laughs) uh, the, uh, arena regulars account and I was like going to sticker and I was like, we don't have any stickers. (laughs) Oh no. I was like, (laughs) no, I use it so much. Why are my lands in this modern (laughs) frame? Yeah, what's going on? I don't like this. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: I can't believe that you're level 90 or whatever. I'm like 145 or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like right on the border of when I think it's worth it to get the thing. What tipped me over the edge is that I wanted the wild cards that I knew would come along. Hey, well, there you so. go.
0: It does feel weird now because I blazed through it, and now I have this month of just, like, uncommon cards that I already own that I'm getting. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what happens at the end. And you're like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I st- started to realize that I don't have all the triomes. There's a lot of cards from old sets that I don't have. So it's like, I actually do want these old yeah. cards.
0: And even without that, I still think it's good. Um, so I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what Call Times is going to be, and then we can decide whether
1: that one is also worth getting.
0: But I'm usually on the side yeah. of get more stuff because it's yeah, fun. It's just more fun, more fun, even if
1: it's not mathematically worth yeah. it. The f- the fun factor pushes it the over fun the fun fa-
0: factor is like a thousand gems for me. You know?
1: It yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it enough, and I get the draft token. Yeah, and I have a draft token you, for Call Times. There time. you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I it's worth it. Go get the Mastery Pass yeah. if you don't have it right now. You <laughs>
1: stupid. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're free to play then well if you're free uh, to play
0: you can still get no you have to spend gems yeah
1: well yeah it might it might be worth it if you're trying to be as free to play yeah i mean if you you have to just do the math on how much it's worth i think you. it's just do it whatever
0: just do it um but yeah i mean like what what's your favorite uh middle double face card that you've played
1: no question seagate restoration really
0: that's so interesting because that's one of my like least favorites yeah (laughs) you have you haven't played it when you had taferry's two. that that i have not no you're right i have not done that that does sound actually pretty sweet yeah uh yeah i I probably like what is it academe's awakening might be my favorite just because um i really like it's it's feel it doesn't feel bad to play it a lot of the time as a land um Mm-hmm. Which I guess, yeah because it's well Seagate Restoration, I'm always like, I'm just gonna play it as a land. And I almost never want to wait to do it. And at least Academes Awakening, I'm in this place where I'm like, I could get that back if I need that right now, but I could wait, or I can play it. Or, and I just feel like <laughs> it it works better with me, where I'm just like, I have more choices. And I don't feel as, it doesn't feel the same as like a brazen borrower, where I have to petty theft to play it. I just, I yeah. have to. And if I don't do it, then it just feels <laughs> stupid. Um, and Agateam's Awakening.
1: Are you kidding? I just I turn three three one
0: all the time. <laughs> I feel like I just got blown out a lot by Spikefield. Ha- um, yeah, Spikefield uh, Hazard. That it was yeah. just
1: like. I mean, that's why nobody plays Brazen Borrower, except a few few people on the wrong Rogues list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sideboard it in. It's good against Shark Typhoon. So you want it against the people that are not playing red and are playing blue control decks. Yes. then it's fine. And there you go. But the problem with Agadim's Awakening is that if you spend a lot of mana on it, it's good. Here's the thing. Seagate's Restoration could be a seven mana divination. That happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the most common use of casting it as a spell. Because you it's turned seven and you have like two cards in hand. So it's like... Or one card, well, one other card in hand. And so you draw it's two. It's a
0: divination,
1: <laughs> but then four of that mana says that
0: your hand size is just whatever you want the rest That's of the That's right, game. yeah. It's a seven-mana difference
1: that removes your
0: hand <laughs> yeah. size. Which limited. we know is actually worth four mana, not zero, like the card spell book.
1: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: it's on some lands. Instead. Exactly, or just like a thought vessel. or just <laughs> That's like negative one. Reliquary Towers. You mana. Yeah,
0: it's really like you spent four <laughs> mana to get that? Really? Okay, well, yeah.
1: it sucks to suck but i've won games where i had to do that so that's why i love Okay, the card. interesting well
0: i've won games playing academe's awakening so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's so way more way, way more, more. Games. <laughs> but it's not as fun as winning with a seven mana divination <laughs> well jeff uh, how's your beer doing i need
0: another I one definitely need another one this has been gone for just
1: <laughs> forever yeah sorry i talked too long about seagate restoration let's get another beer All
0: right, Jeff, what are you drinking now?
1: Well, I have Bitter Waitress, a
0: black IPA. Yeah. And I got that big chill. (laughs) I'm excited for this. I actually used to work at a, um, a gin distillery, so these gin botanicals seem
1: right up my alley. Actually, I did think of that when I was buying it, but I forgot to mention that at the top of the, the episode. Oh, here. well,
0: how rude of you to forget to talk about my old
1: job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a- and I also needed to make sure it was something you could buy, because as we mentioned, this is our first time. Yeah. this not is the fir- Not doing this in person. Yeah.
0: Usually they're a surprise, and this is the first time we, we had to plan it out, so that was kind right. of rough. But anyway, <laughs> cheers. Let's see how this is. That's pretty tasty. I'm not exactly finding what they're talking about with the gin, but I, I believe
1: it. Hey, save it for the end, man. Yeah. Beer review comes at the end.
0: Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Oops. <laughs> just jumping all over the place in yeah, this episode. Right. You know, I
1: haven't, you know, done an then episode. Then I will reveal like, whether or not I detected the gin. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. I, um, We haven't done an episode in like a month, so, you know, I'm just off yeah, my game.
1: All over the place here.
0: I mean, <sighs> usually we're all over the place, so. So this back, is... Back to normal. Normal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just forgot how all over the place we are.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, it's normal. We've just forgotten that it's normal. All
0: right. Well, <laughs> how about we talk about our limited skills? <laughs> oh, do we have to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I just want to say... So I really liked uh, Zenikar Rising Limited. I thought Draft was super fun. And I actually played Sealed, I think, twice. Um, which mm-hmm. usually I just do it the one time. Um, and i thought it was great i did not do very well i think i got one max win draft and everything else was fairly mediocre but i did it a lot and really liked it and always felt like i had a very strong chance of like getting there
1: yeah i i thought i don't know for some reason when i was looking through the spoilers ahead of time or whatever the cards just weren't like vibing with me so i didn't think i would like it but then i just really enjoyed the format actually Uh, it's one of the more fun limited formats I think we've had lately. I really liked M21 as well, so coming off of that was just kind of two really good limited formats in a row for me.
0: Exactly, yeah. I, I also agree with you. I, I felt like I did very well in M21, so I had high hopes for Zendikar, <laughs> and I did not do as well. Um, it's kind of back to my normal, this is what you do in limited. <laughs>
1: That's a mark of a good format, though, if you really enjoyed it, with, and it's not just because you did well. Because you win all the time, yeah.
0: Right. There, there were there a few times where I thought my deck was going to be fantastic, and it was just very three three, and I was like, Ugh.
1: so just a <laughs> yeah. bummer. But I mean, that's part of the nature of best of one too. I mean, exactly. I think my seven win runs are always the <laughs> the decks that I think are going to like be so mediocre, and then the decks I think I'm going to crush with, I, I you know one three. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I wonder,
0: I wonder how much of it is just mental, where I'm like okay, this deck is great, I'm going to be really aggressive and just, like, you know, rack them up. But when mm-hmm. I'm playing a deck that I don't feel great about, i like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, stop everything. So I'm going to save this removal spell for the one thing I can get rid of because there's only, like, two in my deck, you know? Right. <laughs> and you end up, you know, it just takes longer and you end up like, cheesing a win out somehow. Um, and I definitely didn't do that because I felt like my decks were pretty good most of the time. <laughs> yeah (laughs) except for any roost of drake's deck i tried to build it was always garbage i was it was just the worst
1: (laughs) i was like part part of it's mental on the other end too though right like if you drafted a deck that you thought was really good and you went five and three yeah you probably just don't remember that because that's like oh this deck was was good and it did fine
0: yeah exactly so you're like i didn't get like i didn't go undefeated or something and you're like this looks yeah, like yeah. a deck i would do that that's true right yeah I, you would
1: remember if you had a great deck and did poorly mm-hmm. or if you had a great deck and you went seven oh you'd remember that too yeah but you wouldn't remember what is probably happening the most often is that when you have a good deck it's like five three
0: yeah i think i went back and looked and i i think my win percentage was probably like 49 percent or something oof that's um, a tough one yeah so <laughs> i was like <laughs> so i was like no it was late night drafted drafts uh, mo- most of it was uh you know three draft nights is what i yeah uh, uh, that would that would happen but it, it could also be because i just had that you know you see the ruined crab in the pack and you just can't you can't let it stay there you just gotta take it no matter what yeah uh, that was that was usually um, what I wanted. If I wanted to see anything in the draft, it was an early ruin crabbin, because um, that was my favorite way to win. I mean, it's usually if I can play mill in limited, it's usually one of my favorite ways because it's easier because there's less cards.
1: <laughs> that that's true. It is, and I've milled people out with ruin crabbin constructed, so it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. I've I've milled out Yorion decks. With Ruin Crab and Constructed. so With one? Limited's t- like easy easy mode that's like half as many. Yeah, exactly. Artists. Well, I <laughs> yeah. had four Ruin Crabs in my deck. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did pretty well in the format, and I also really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was just really well designed. Like, there are a lot of viable archetypes, but none of them were, like, super linear or trivial to, to build. Yeah. Because of this party thing. We talked about how party is actually the right way to do tribal, because it's kind of give, pushing you in these two directions that, okay, this is a rogue, but it actually wants you to have non-rogue cards. So this is a warrior, but it wants you to have non-warrior cards yeah. in your deck.
0: Well, the thing uh, about that I thought they did a good job, because like, to me, that isn't tribal, right? Tribal is you care about your own, and, and party is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a form of it, I think. Um, it has more of the sense of, in. <laughs> let's throw it way back. It, it feels like Kamigawa, if you were playing <laughs> ogres and demons, because they always needed each other. Um, so,
1: so for those who don't know, that's a, an old Magic set that's from a like, Japanese mythology theme.
0: Yeah, that's back in, like, 2004. Um, yeah. Largely regarded as probably one of the least liked uh, sets ever, um, but I played through it and thought it was great. And there's a lot of Commander cards in there for the you Commander players, because it was the first, uh, well, one of the big uh, Legend sets. Um, but anyway... The, that whole archetype was ogres need demons, that kind of thing. And so this is a similar thing where there's, uh, you need other people in the party that aren't yourself. You need diversity, which is pretty cool. It's also nice to just to have that in the world, right? Um, but I did like that there are cards from Zendikar Rising that do care about having your own tribe, right? So there are warrior cards that are like, we want more warriors. There's rogue cards that are like, we need more rogues. So you have right. both of those things happening simultaneously, which makes it work well because different decks want different cards.
1: Yeah. So party itself is not tribal. When, when I say tribal done right, what I meant is that the limited environment was actually kind of a tribal environment where you had four different tribes and there were four archetypes okay. that All right. wanted those tribes. I get what you're but saying. But like you're saying, the existence of like a of party means that when I'm building blue-red wizards, some of my wizards want me to have Mm non-wizards, and some of them want me to have all wizards. Yeah. And so it's not just, oh, draft every wizard you see.
0: Because every wizard doesn't care about having other wizards. Exactly.
1: Right. Some of the good wizards actually
0: want you to have clerics and rogues and... Yeah, and it teaches you how to draft. I always like a draft set that kind of teaches you how to draft, and I feel like a lot of what Mara would talk about, or Wizards, will be like, we want people to open packs and it to be intuitive, to be like, if you see a card that says this thing, there will be more cards that do that, so you don't go down a path that doesn't exist.
1: The the as fan, right? Yeah,
0: the as fan, uh, which is how much you see certain types of cards. Um, Or you don't want to have a rare that cares about something that or like a big bomb that cares about stuff that doesn't exist in the set because they're adding it for a, diff- a deck that's you know, not part of that. For the limited environment, it's like if you haven't seen any of the cards or any of the spoilers, you won't know if that's real or not. You're like, oh, this is a thing because this card's here. Um, and then you start going through the set and you're like, it's actually not there at all. Right. Um, which I think you know they're good at doing, making sure that they don't do that. And I think the set was... Um, was great with it and i really liked limited so i just have all the cards now basically so if i have a little bit harder time using my resources for it but
1: yeah and everything we said about the modal double-faced cards like i think really shines in limited um they like let you play a real game yeah because you can play 19 20 lands in your limited deck without feeling like you're just gonna flood out all the time you could play three flings and be like i'm fine because... That's right, yeah. Never get stuck in your, <laughs> your hand. Fury. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: you can play Kazool's Fury and be like, I'm fine with that because I'll just play it as a land all the time. Um, if five I have mana to... mana
1: Threaten wasn't good, but it was, like, five mana Active Treason. It wasn't good, but it was... Yeah, but I definitely had
0: it in many of my decks, and I was like, yeah. I don't hate having this. Also, mm-hmm. I loved, like, I... So this was one thing that didn't really happen in Constructed, but the cards that would return lands to your hand were so fun if you knew that your deck had the, this ability and early mm-hmm. on in the game you're like, I'm gonna slam this uh, Undo Inversion down or whatever and you're like, maybe later I'll get to pick it up and play it or something like that. Um, maybe not a rare, but like,
1: eh, even the fling yeah. or
0: anything. You're just like. Anything, yeah. Um, especially
1: the two we just mentioned which are highly situational. Right? Yeah,
0: especially because they're red and you have that, uh, there's that. The Hellion. The Hellion that mm-hmm. will, will pick up a land and uh, deal two damage. So that one I really
1: liked. I valued the bird a lot less than most people, so I never ended up having it. Yeah. But I really liked the red one.
0: I also agree with you that I liked, uh, specifically having a four or five was a really good blocker in this set. Um, I mean, a four or five is a good blocker in yeah. most sets. Um, and but the it, two damage was relevant, It too. was relevant. And if you pick up something like a fling, um, then there you
1: go. Or the Act of Treason card, like, great yeah, target well, to pick up
0: especially because this set did feel um quite like board stall-y like i mm-hmm. always felt like there was a position where we got stuck and we were talking earlier about the rogue that becomes uh, unblockable
1: they i love that guy
0: and that yeah. would just wreck games like you're at a board stall and they played that card and you're like i have to remove Rep that roll. or i'm done okay. you know at least with flying I can try to block but that you can't at all because it could oh, it wasn't like it be, can become unblockable if you have enough party members it's just it just yeah. costs less and so you yeah. can always be unblockable so you're
1: like, mm-hmm. crap but but to be fair there was a lot of removal on the set mm-hmm. there was a lot of good removal so um, there was good
0: removal there was bad removal
1: it was everywhere <laughs> yeah, there, you you would have lots of removal yeah
0: mind. i think uh, one of my favorite decks that i built was like a um a black white cleric stack that would had a ton of life gain, and everyone was really low on feed the swarm at the time, and so I get to pick up just a butt ton of feed the swarms, and I was just killing stuff all over the place, just because I knew like I'm gonna gain
1: all of this back, so I don't really care. Well, that's that's what you get for identifying good cards ahead of other people though. That's like a just a thing that happens in limited. That card was just good, and nobody was playing it except you, so you get well, three
0: of them. I thought it was good, and then. Um, it, there was a certain point in time when I think people just decided that they hated it. They're like, this card's just not as good as I thought. And then people just stopped picking it up. And then I was like, they're everywhere. And it was perfect for my deck, because I'm like, like, it felt like people weren't picking them up unless they were playing the Cleric's deck. And I was like, right. okay, well, give me five Feed the F- Swarms in my deck.
1: Okay, this is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, I had a lot of early success. Do, do you remember what my favorite limited card was? Yeah, my- it's the uh, Bug Catcher. Yeah, exactly. I I think I identified a little before other people how good that card was because I would have four or five of those guys in my set or in my deck. And it's just basically a three, four power trampler that comes down on turn two in your aggressive decks.
0: Well, the thing is that I have a hard time with, it looks bad because anytime you see a creature with one power and trample, you think it's garbage. Just like (laughs) immediately, I'm just going to think that's just a terrible card, right? But to be fair, it has... To power, because it, it When it attacks, itself, so. and I, it doesn't look like it, though. You know, when you're yeah. looking at cards, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like... Everyone <laughs> is like, that's just a 1-2 with Trample, and you need other cards around it. No, it's always a 2-2 two, two when it attacks, because it's a That ward. was
1: actually the, the card I wanted most in my Blue-Red Wizards decks, because those decks were aggressive, and it would always attack as a 3-2, because everything else is a wizard.
0: Yeah, and then you just like run over landfall creatures, specifically, or so weak mm-hmm. to block, and it's just... I I had done well with it after you had kind of told me, and you would, you know if you see them going around pretty late, you're like, I should pick this up because I'm going to get a few more yeah. later, and yeah. uh, it,
1: it's going to really help me out. So I definitely that was a big surprise to me. Yeah, I and I think I just played it. I th- said it looks okay. It's like a two two in aggressive decks. That's fine. Taxes a 3-2 sometimes, and then after playing with it, I was like, nah, this card's great. Because in the late game, it's like a 5-2 trample. It trades trades with something good.
0: You know? Yeah,
1: It was just a great limited format, with a lot of tough decisions to be made, both in the draft and in the games, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was like an all-time favorite, but I think Wizards did a really good job building it. Just a really enjoyable limited format that I played more than most.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree as well. Um, and I will probably revisit it in the future when they bring it back. Um, what was your favorite I was archetype? I think oh, I played a lot of rogues uh, mm-hmm. just because before that I was actually playing the um, Demir Flash uh, standard deck. And so I okay. already kind of felt like I would have been playing with Eve Guild Enforcer already and realizing I hated it in that standard because milling into their Uro was the worst. <laughs> yeah. And it just like kept screwing me so I had to take them out of the deck. Um, and play something still else. It still
1: doesn't feel great when you mill an Ox of a you know? It doesn't,
0: but I feel better because Ox takes uh, eight cards, right? I mean, it. I guess it yeah. takes your whole I know, it's even <laughs> worse for you. It's exactly... <laughs> so you have to keep them exactly at eight cards. Um, okay. No, I, I mean... At least they put some of their hand in their graveyard after they would do that, so it it helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's, it's a big difference. It does feel like a... I mean they're just not drawing cards and gaining. It's also
1: just and, a five three, like it's not gonna.
0: At least you can you know? kill it most of the time, um, and it, when it and then when it's on the battlefield, it's just on the battlefield, and it's not attacking and gaining life every time it does that. So, um, I just was feeling bad about that. So seeing all these rogues in this set, I was like, oh, "Thieves Guild Enforcer, you're gonna be good now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was pretty exciting for me um, and definitely the thing I was looking forward to the most. But towards the end, I was playing a lot more Wizards. Like it's, no matter what I did, I just went in and I just kept seeing all the good Wizard cards and i just pick them up and I was playing Wizards constantly. Um, and I I really liked the one-mana um, enchantment, the blue one that taps, uh, keep, like oh, freezes yeah. the creature. Bubble um, Snare. Bubble Snare. So I really liked Bubble Snare uh, because most of the time those cards either keep the creature tapped or tap it and keep it tapped. Um, mm-hmm. And because this one did both, so you could just play it for one if something attacked. Um, I just, I really liked the versatility of that one. And I, I was higher on bubble snare than probably a lot of people, but um, it's just one of those cards that I was like, I like this one. And it always feels yeah. good to get rid of something in blue for one mana. For one mana.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I had almost the opposite. I was really high on wizards at the start. I was all basically always seemed to fall into wizards. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason was that there's that uh, one mana chilling blue trap spell minus yeah, chilling trap that nobody else seemed to think was good at all and I would just take it because if you have a wizard it's really good. Yeah, I thought it was uh, garbage. I was like this card sucks. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> and then after you sent me a few deck lists I'm
0: like you're playing a lot of those. You're like, it's good. And then I played it. Yeah. I was like, this card's pretty good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you have a wizard, it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's bad if you have no, like, one or two wizards. But once you have five-ish wizards, it's, it's a good card. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but then other people started playing more wizards. And I tended, by the end, my favorite archetypes were actually the party ones. So I liked blue-white, and I liked red-black. Mm. My favorite was red-black. Uh, but I played blue white a lot more often because uh, red black I think was the better deck, so mm. other people were buying for those cards yeah. more often. Uh, but you know the the red black deck when it came together with the bug catcher and then the um, the two drop cleric that uh, drains them for your party. Uh, Malakir
0: Blood Priest, yeah. Yeah,
1: if you got a f- if those are all your two drops, like three of each, mm-hmm. and then you just have a bunch of random stuff at the rest of the curve, you you just win. Yeah, a lot of the time. But I it's... loved Malakir Blood Priest. I mean, yeah, well, great. I mean, great
0: I, I thought that was fantastic. I mean,
1: yeah, it was just really, it was good. But again, it's not that good in clerics unless you pick up, right? Like as a cleric, exactly. it just drains for one.
0: And you think about it because it, it looks like a cleric card because it's draining, right? And that's a kind of cleric yeah. archetype. And so you're like, okay, that well, that's a, a white black archetype. And so you're like, that's what that card is. But then the more you play it, you're like, no, this card actually fits in a different deck. And I didn't realize that.
1: Like, Um, it's fine in in black-white, but it's really good in black-red. Yeah, it's... Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I think the party mechanic really adds a lot to the um, tribal dynamic.
0: Yeah. I also thought it was really great that the modal double face cards, if you are splashing for one of those colors, you can splash for all the modal ones because either you have the color and you're like already out and you can play the card or you play it as a land and it'll help you with the other splash cards that you're going to play
1: like you can just put three red modal double-faced cards into your black white deck without the first one you draw comes down as a land and then the other two are turned on
0: exactly and i just thought that was super fun i was like that's a great way to play and like I'm a big advocate for splashing, especially when you're drafting. Just, like, yeah. you know, try some stuff. This is the time to, like, play a bit more. And it does feel a little bit more, like, everybody likes the pre-release and that kind of stuff, where you're kind of, like, on the fly figuring things out. Um, and I thought that that was a great tool to see if it worked or not. I could never get it quite to be exactly what I wanted. Um, but it always felt great. I liked having a, a spell that you're like, well, I can't play this now, but I'll play this so I can play the other one in my deck that I know about, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so all in all, just a great limited format. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, should we move on to Constructing? Let's do that. Um, I did want to ask you, like, what was, when you were looking at the set and a lot of the spoilers, what was something that you're like, this is a card you're going to see in a lot of decks and this is going to be something that's going to kind of change what we're doing right now? Or just like, it feels like, This is something that's going to have to be dealt with over and over again. Is this a a lead for the elephant in the room? Um, It's actually not for that. (laughs) Um, So Omnath obviously was just huge and shook everything up and, you know, screwed up everything for a while uh, in every format um, on Arena
1: (laughs) and off Arena. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's still legal in some of those other formats, but I don't think for much longer. Mm Yeah, Omnath was the obvious one. As soon as you saw it, you're like, well, this card is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, And then you're kind of hoping maybe it doesn't play out the way I'm thinking it does. Turns out it does. It does. Very much so. (laughs) So if we're going to talk about Constructed, we do have to address it. Omnath was obviously a mistake in terms of power level.
0: The more that Wizards thinks that uh, color constrictions are really hard... It's like they also give us a lot of tools to make sure that they're not hard. Right. So there's a balance between like, okay, this card costs the, the all these colors, so it should be really good because it's hard to get those colors. But then we also want to make sure everyone gets their colors so they can play. So here's a bunch of cards that make sure you can get your colors. And then it kind of yeah. like, well, makes that card not
1: hard to get anymore. Yeah, it's, it's tough to toe that line. Yeah. But what I do want to give Wizards props for was... They, they banned Omnath really quickly. Exactly. And they banned him in everything on Magic Arena. Yeah. So, yeah, they printed this card that ruined Standard, but they only let it ruin Standard for like three weeks. Exactly.
0: So uh, that was quite nice. But actually, the card I was thinking about was Lotus Cobra. Because mm-hmm. when Lotus Cobra was coming out, I remember there was a it felt like there was kind of like a hullabaloo a little bit about, oh, there's this card. It's so great. How are you going to beat it? It's too overpowered, blah, blah, blah. It's ramping you. All, all these kinds of things. Um, and it really was kind of in that Omnath or the Omnoth deck. And then once Omnath got banned, it was like, it's kind of gone. Like, you don't see it really at all anymore. And there was a period of time where everyone was packing one mana removal to get rid of it. Um, mm-hmm. You're seeing Spike Field Hazards was like, that was the thing that you'd constantly see all the time. If you play a creature with you know one toughness, it's going to die because they're waiting for Lotus Cobra specifically.
1: Part of the problem, or part of the reason that was the case is that if you let them untap with Cobra, then an Omnath comes down the next turn. Once Omnath left, Lotus Cobra became less of a problem. I think when, when the Omnath ban, I think it was our first episode, right? When yeah. the Omnath ban happened and we were talking about it, we were saying they got it perfect. And I was talking a bit about why I didn't think it was necessary to ban Lotus Cobra. The reason's really simple. It's just a 2-1. Yeah. It's a 2-1 that's only good on turn two, basically. So if you can't deal with a 2-1 on turn two, that's on you. <laughs> like, that's <Yeah>. your bad.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, I was thinking I was going to be playing Lotus Cobra through at least
1: this set, and it I was okay. not. I, I bought the like alternate art for it and stuff. And all know, that. I spent I mean, some gold on that. Well, Mostly because I thought it was awesome, but...
0: Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was just kind of like, uh, oh, this is, this is just an enabler for a card that's gone now and now it's really not enabling a lot of other stuff and, you know, you'd rather put something else in there.
1: So, I mean, I think the real problem is bone crusher giant when everyone's playing 4X bone crusher giant and everyone's jumping through hoops to not play stuff that dies to stomp. Yeah. Like your, your red opponent is just sitting there waiting for you to cast a Lotus Cobra so they can stomp something, you know? Yeah. So maybe when that rotates out, Lotus Cobra will have a chance again.
0: That that's a, that's a fair point. I could see that. I wonder if there's anything in the next few sets that would make you be able to ramp. You really want to ramp into uh, your four mana spell. But um, yeah. Like, I mean, like
1: anytime you play a creature with two or less toughness, you have to sit down and ask yourself, is this good enough that I'm willing to let my opponent get their stomp value? Yeah. And a few of them do it, right? Like, we talked about Skyclave hmm Yeah, that gets stomped, but it, it already did its job. Yeah. Uh, or some of the rogues, like uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer, is just good enough that it's worth it.
0: Yeah, that you pay one mana to mill them two cards.
1: Yeah, and if they don't stomp it, it's like a 3-2, often a 4-2 in that deck yeah. for one mana. So it's, then you're it's like... It's doing a lot of stuff.
0: Especially early on, if you're just trying to get um you just want your uh, into the stories and your um throwing the locks to, to get some more cards in the graveyard and get it going um i'm usually the throw it down if they have it they have it if they don't they don't but i'm not going to sit here waiting for it so
1: and, and the big thing is that you you won on the mana exchange there you spent one mana and they spent two mm-hmm. but yeah maybe we'll see lotus cobra a little later uh but like i'm saying i'm not surprised that i'm surprised that it sees zero play yeah but i think that's a, a reflection of how good bone crusher giant is but uh i'm not surprised that it didn't end up dominating the format we said that when the bands came out there's no reason to ban lotus cobra yeah at least wait till omnath is gone for a few weeks and then reevaluate and obviously it's not a problem so yeah
0: which is great i mean i like having it as a tool and um that's just been nice
1: um yeah well, i'm gonna build jank decks with it all the time oh and then for get sure annoyed annoyed when my opponent stomps it yeah <laughs> and be like
0: come on like
1: i'm not even doing come on anything man bad. i was about to do something awesome next turn. come on yeah and by awesome i mean really cool but not game winning <laughs> uh yeah but this is the best standard has been in a long time i think like
0: yeah i think standard has been really fun um i've been doing yeah. it quite a bit i've been playing a few different decks so um and watching it a lot so
1: that's good and part of that equation is is the introduction of rogues which came with zendikar rising
0: yeah which i was saying earlier i was very excited for because we saw it with Mm -hmm. these guild enforcer we're like oh this seems like it's a thing and then it came to fruition which i number one i think is really fun when they add little seed cards for the future
1: right oh really cool but but the great thing they did with rogues was they they did that with the preceding cards Mm -hmm. but they preceded the answer so a lot of the time, they make the mistake of building a deck that's too good, and then the answer has to come a year later. Yeah. Right. This time, the escape cards are already here. And that's the natural enemy of rogues, because it both gets rid of your graveyard. Yeah. And the, you're, they're giving you card advantage by milling an escape card. So it's, it's sort of the natural, like you were saying, Uro, earlier, the best escape card was so good that it, it made it almost impossible to play these decks once that got banned it's still just the natural enemy uh so it's just really smart to have that first have the answer first and then the uh the deck second
0: yeah i think that's great because everyone kind of found that ox of Agonis is a, a great cyborg card with that
1: right and nobody played it before zendikar rising yeah it's been out for a, over a year and, and nobody was playing ox of Agonis, so. so
0: um it definitely gives like a nice little puzzle like hey This is this we're anticipating this being like a deck and then uh, it might be a problem, but you have the tools to fix it instead of being like, when are we going to get the tools to fix it?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw that everyone was playing these rogues decks, I was thinking that that's just a fad that's not going to last because I was thinking the deck is somewhat trying to mill you and somewhat trying to kill you attack your life total. And so it, I felt like it had split personality. Yeah. It's a mill you the and kill you deck. <laughs> but after playing with it, I realized that's actually the strength of the deck is that it can win in either way. Yeah. And it really rewards you for understanding how the game's going to go before your opponent does. It's like I have a play a lot of games where my opponent is play, making plays to stop me from damaging their life total. Meanwhile, last turn, I already decided I'm going to mill them out. You know, like so. Then I just let that happen, and I get the the advantage from that, from realizing how the game's going to end before my opponent does.
0: And you've told me that many times, and so now I've been trying my best to try to figure that out as well, um, mm-hmm. and know okay, is this a deck or is this a game where I'm
1: going to win by killing them or milling them, and and right yeah, and, and for me honestly it's it's about fifty fifty. If I have to give the edge to anything, I would say I mill them out more than I deal 20 damage
0: but yeah yeah. i think that i is also how i've been playing the deck or at least how it feels um Mm -hmm. but as soon as you kind of start taking the xeris sands out and the big one was the nighthawk scavengers um once people stop playing nighthawk scavenger that you got to have a little bit more of that balance because before that card really wants you to hit and
1: like hit hard that's um, all damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was tardy to the party, so I've always played the Lurus version. Yeah, so. <laughs> the Lurus crab version is the only version I've played.
0: And i played many iterations of it, and <laughs> the one where you sideboard in one version after the first game, which is right. uh, always fun, when they're like, okay, yeah. so this is a control deck. I'm going to do this. You're like, actually, now I'm a creature deck. <laughs> all out aggro, maybe. <laughs> uh,
1: is, is pretty funny. But And like you said, Uru actually got banned during Zendikar Rising Standard, yeah. So I know it's not really about the set, but it was nice that Wizards did the right thing there and got rid of Uro. I mean, they should have gotten rid of Omnath at the same time. I understand. Hey, let's see if Omnath is a problem with Uro gone. Yeah, it turns out it was. Um, but Uro, yeah. That I mean, <laughs> we were talking about this last time. It felt like Uro had been around forever. And it, but wasn't. actually, <laughs> less than a year that it, it was, was less than a year. standard. So.
0: Now, now he's gone. We get to see what, what screwed up stuff's going to happen in Kaldheim now, which is pretty yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I'm pretty happy with this last set, and I'm glad we got to just kind of sit down and talk with it. I mean, like it's. Um, I would like to say that um, obviously a lot of people hate this card. It has been really frustrating for you know, a lot of people that are playing it. But I think Uh-oh. it was super fun, and I really loved the first time that I saw it do what it does is Scoot Swarm getting mutated. (laughs) I knew it. It was awesome. (laughs) I thought that was great. And of course, there's a lot of like Scoot tape people that are so tired of seeing that happen over and over again. That's Um, Scoot hate. Scoot hate. Yeah, you're Scoot haters. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it a lot uh, recently, but um, man, did I was I just so excited the first time I saw my opponent do that. I was like... (gasps) Whoa! I like that. So
1: again, I think they got it right though. It's very cool,
0: but it's not tier one. It's
1: not good enough to dominate competitive.
0: Exactly. So it's a really fun interaction, in my opinion. A lot of people Mm -hmm. were very frustrated by it, but I I think everyone thought it was cool when they first saw it. I I think, and then after they played a few times, if you're not playing it, but I I I really liked that. I thought that was a great way to tie a set from uh, not the last one, but the one before that into this one. And find new ways for Mutate to be interesting. as uh, Instead of just, you know, kind of being cannibalistic with itself, being all Mutate right. cards, you can do mm-hmm. something cooler and different. That um, Yeah, exactly. Did you're right.
1: That's do. the natural problem with Mutate, is everything with Mutate wants, wants to you be. to have more Mutate. Exactly. And
0: you won't have any more, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your Mutate creature multiplies because it copies itself, because you play lands, much cooler. So... Um, yeah. I was very, uh, very happy with that. I thought that was a really, really cool thing that they did. And I hope they do more stuff with that. It'd be great if we had some called Hem stuff that it called back to like M21 or even, you know, that'd be, uh, that'd be sweet. So I am excited for the future, but I'm very happy that we had this
1: fantastic set
0: that we got to play with.
1: Um, Yeah, so let's make it explicit here Uh, from the arena regulars. Wizards, great job. Good job. Once Once you remove Omnath from that set, It was pretty close to a perfect set. It was just really fun, limited, made, constructed, really fun, a lot of cool cards, Yeah. and nothing, you know, other than that one card, nothing too overpowering. Great job. I
0: hope the rest of these sets are are similar to it, and obviously you're going to keep a lot of your design philosophy with it, and we're excited to see what you do in the future.
1: Yeah, and with the success of the MDFCs, I'm looking forward to these creature equipment that uh, we can't, can't figure out who actually predicted that, um, uh, we I'm, talked about no, it. No, I'm pretty sure... Uh, there's no way to trace who said what, but, you know... It like, was me. Uh, we predicted I it. I did it. Uh, the art the, podcast Zach. predicted it. Zach did it. Uh, and so. <laughs> Zach's
0: the one who <laughs> we'll thought about you. it. Oh yeah. my So smart. Um, it's just because <laughs> I play Voltron and, like, Bullshit Auras and stuff that I was like, you know what? <laughs> and other people aren't playing it. I was like,
1: when this is uh, equipment, I also want it to be a creature, and just... <laughs> But, but it solves the problem, right? It's Aggro decks have a hard time playing equipment so bad without creatures. Yeah. So putting equipment in your deck comes at a steep cost, but if they're also creatures,
0: trades great. off. Just
1: just like this, the land thing solved the problem exactly. Of, of so um, flooding.
0: I'm very excited to see the rest of them coming up
1: uh, soon. But Jeff, I think I need a beer. Yeah, me too. We've already been rambling for two. We've long, been so. rambling way
0: too long. So let's go to let's, a beer. Let's
1: break give our break. listeners a break. So,
0: this is actually pretty fun, because this is the first time we don't know which beers we've picked for our now-branded last call.
1: Yeah. This is our last last call. call. Uh, Yeah, normally we're taking beers from the same fridge. So, even if we tried to do it in secret, whoever went second could figure out. I'm not going to hold a beer
0: under my shirt and, like, (laughs) get it all warm and gross and But this time,
1: our final beer selection is happening remotely. So, I have no idea what Zach picked i have some i have some idea what i picked
0: okay are we ready yeah Three, two, one. Huh. Oh! <laughs> bitter waitress for the win yeah. two bitter waitresses
1: we both selected bitter waitress it appears we did so zag was talking about how it's exciting but i'm like i already know i can't have one
0: yeah But <laughs> the very worst very
1: best i may have tied that's uh
0: that's great for me that's a that's a win in my books got you to drink this black ipa i mean not that uh, you wouldn't want to drink a black ipa i was but. gonna say
1: it's almost a choice based on my preference of styles. so it's like it's it is i don't know if you pulled one over on me but so to be honest i've had this beer
0: before i do like it so you cheated is what you're saying that's not cheating I brought a beer <laughs> to
1: the podcast. I've done it I've, so many times where I brought beers that I know are awesome. You
0: brought Jelly King last time. How are you going to try to say that I cheated? Uh, also Fangey Malt. <laughs> yeah, so like, come on. Um, yeah, so I, I've had Bitter Waitress before. Uh, and I was surprised by it because the I just thought it just seemed funny. And then I, I tasted it. I was like, this is actually pretty good. I like it. The bitterness comes ha it feels more like a coffee taste instead of an IPA taste. Yeah. Which um I'm all for. I'm a big uh, coffee fan, so To
1: be honest, it's not it's not my favorite black IPA. Oh my no. My favorite probably not. my favorite one is made by uh, I think it's Shiloh This is Beer Shillo company. Are you ser- <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm just making it. <laughs>
0: Making a joke at my own expense. Jeff's man. talking <laughs> about when he was talking about his favorite um, black logger that I had brought to the podcast, and he was <laughs> mentioning how much this other one was so much better than the one I brought. I was like, bro, that's the one I
1: brought. <laughs> oh, Yeah, I'm just going to do it with every black beer. With every black beer. For the rest of the podcast. Okay.
0: <clears throat> so I was like, is this happening again? Are you serious? Um, no. No. I, I I don't think I've had a lot of like black IPAs before, but this is um, this is pretty good. I mean, I was really surprised by it. Jeff, I'll let you start it off. So let's let's talk about bitter waitress. What are we what are we given it uh, as far as like ratings wise?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good, um, but I actually do think it's just not one of my favorite black IPAs. Okay. They they promise bitter and they do bring that. They do. Um, I
0: don't taste the waitress, but I taste the bitter.
1: <laughs> Uh yeah, so let's blow right past that. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. Honestly, uh, this was for me, of the two beers we picked, one of my kind of less favorite uh, pairings. I thought neither of them were great. Um, I will agree with that. I thought I thought bitter waitress was better though. Um, I do agree. It, for for me, it's it's between gold and platinum for this one.
0: I think know. so too. Um, it's hard. <laughs>
1: <sighs> like for me well I, I won't give away my rating for big chill i suppose but this one i think is kind of gold one platform level so uh, i don't know i'm kind of tempted to just give it gold in the interest of being more honest with our ratings here honest so with th-
0: it and and i feel like maybe i've been too harsh
1: now, now you're flip-flopping on me man like just tell, <laughs> just tell, <laughs> just tell come me on. what the fucking scale is okay
0: all right <laughs> uh my big thing is um I've bought this in the past. I've tasted it in the past and I liked the name and I liked how it was enough that I wanted to bring it. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, this is platinum for me. It pushes it up a little bit just because the whole aesthetic of it comes together nicely and it doesn't disappoint is a bit. The big deal is like, it tastes like I'm kind of hoping it's not fantastic in any sense, but if I see this, I'll drink it again for sure. Um, And probably pick it before
1: some other stuff that maybe I um, have tried in the past that I didn't like as much. You know what I appreciate is that the waitress, the like vector art waitress on the can, is serving a black IPA.
0: She's serving the beer. She's serving this her own beer. It's very meta. I like that.
1: You know what? That'll push it up to platinum. Yeah, there we go. Let's go platinum.
0: Hey, come on over (laughs) here, buddy. We're going platinum. (laughs) Um, um Uh,
1: sick but uh big chill how do you feel about that big chill yeah so uh, i don't know if uh we talked about it i mean you you ruined it a little earlier but i just didn't get the gin botanicals uh yeah that i was promised like i i I love really good gin and also i like ipas so this excited me that's like hey it's an ipa that's gonna have some of those botanicals that uh, i love and like like bad gin's really bad but good gin is good And uh, we're looking
0: for some juniper. We might have some. I got like no juniper,
1: and if there's no juniper, how
0: is this a gin? Even if there's like pine, there's a lot of piney gins, or like uh, some cucumber, any of that kind of stuff. We don't have Mm -hmm. anything. Like, it really felt like this is an it's just a
1: hazy IPA.
0: Yeah, it's 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 nice, it's fine, it but it's not. Like it really feels misleading, and I feel a little bamboozled. If, if exactly,
1: I wonder if I'd be rating it higher if it just didn't say with gin. botanically. I, th- I on really
0: it. think I would. Like, yeah. and I was on the fence about picking them because I almost felt like drinking another one of those, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I really think that like bitter waitress says, "I'm a bitter black IPA," and that's exactly what yeah. you get. If it's not right. the best, that's fine. But you are telling me exactly what I'm getting. Um, the other one feels like a little big chills, like
1: kind of, kind of, uh, you know,
0: cheat me a little. Yeah. Bit.
1: So, so, for me, it's gold. It's gold. And there's nothing wrong with the beer, but uh, there's nothing objectively it more.
0: wrong. Uh, it tastes nice, uh, but I think their marketing plan probably is just, uh, you know, right. Not great with it. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why your beer would say that. Um, obviously, they have put some sort of gin botanicals in there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different things you can put in gin. Juniper is the number one biggest one. And if you don't get that at all, then I feel like it's a big, you know,
1: kind of a fail there. Go, going the other way, actually, it reminds me of uh, last time I was in Vermont. I, I went to a distillery and we got a hopped gin. So it was oh. kind of the opposite of a beer with gin botanicals. This was a, a gin, gin with, with beer, beer. beer botanicals. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it was actually really good. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Did they just add the hops
0: into like the, um, the botanical basket?:
1: I'm not sure I asked the guy, but we were also sampling all of their gins at the time, so I don't remember what he said.) <laughs> Classic. Um yeah. that's fine. And by we I mean I was because my wife was driving. But I was, yeah maybe. I was like, I'll try them all, don't worry, and that, I'll pick the best so one. So that's good
0: for you because um my fiance does not drive at all. So when we go ah, wine smart. tasting, <laughs> I can't taste any of the wines. I'm like, I'll I'll taste one and then I'll spit it out and be like, Wow, yeah. I'm one of these people. This is <laughs> terrible. Everyone's
1: giving you the 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 side important. eye, like, what are you doing? I'm like, Catherine's I'm
0: like, don't worry, he's driving. He's driving. Yeah. she's like, this would be so much more fun if he could drink. I was like, yeah, it would be great if we had a driver, um, yeah. but we don't. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about these. We'll have to do better next week overall. I think a little bit lackluster. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe with the uh, the Zoom call, I was like, yeah I don't want. I want to save some of the really good ones when I get to actually see your face very well in person.
1: Definitely, and and also availability was part of it, right? I need to make sure it's something sure. that because we live at different areas of the city, so exactly, it's not but like we're going to the same LCBO.
0: Yeah, and this is new for us, uh, planning ahead and not surprising each other. So
1: LCBO is a liquor store for anyone who lives outside of Ontario.
0: Yeah, it's controlled by the
1: government, so
0: right. it's the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Very exciting stuff. We did <laughs> <laughs> here.
1: yeah it it means they can charge whatever the the hell they want and you have to pay it because no one else is allowed to sell it exactly
0: but it also means that the people that work there have really cushy government jobs and they have Mm -hmm. lots of benefits so good for them there is a trade-off um but i don't work at the lcbo so it doesn't matter to me (laughs) 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 but i can see the benefits a little bit but anyway with that after that um we are that's the weirdest tangent so far it's pretty bad um (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of how we feel about zendikar rising and these beers that we're drinking so um with that please reach out to us at arena regulars on twitter
1: and instagram yeah and look out for us on the arena magic arena itself find us as arena regulars podcast and you'll be seeing a lot of us at the end of the month so call time drops exactly because
0: we will be drafting the crap out of that thing that's Um, right very excited for that um we would love if you could leave a review of our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify itunes anything you can find us please follow or just you know give us a nice uh nice five stars would be great and maybe a little some a couple words about how how you enjoy us <laughs> hopefully you enjoy us yeah, yeah. Review. <laughs>
1: otherwise don't leave us a review yeah. yeah otherwise just
0: you know go drink a you beer you can email us your your criticisms just dm no. us on instagram and facebook and and just give me a big rant about how terrible we are because we are desperate for people to talk to us <laughs> <laughs> is it good to tell your audience that you're desperate i don't know who cares It's a good thing we're joking. But with that, that is the wrap of our digital episode, um, which will probably be happening a lot more now. So, um, (laughs) cheers, and good night. Eat cheers. Clink. (laughs) I think they bought it. They bought it. All right, that's fine.